JMB, 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 Faces of the Radio. What's going on, my guy? You are now rocking with the best. Jay Waz in the house. What's okay, up, man? Okay, Chilling, chilling. <laughs> I like that introduction. <laughs> you feel me? You feel me? Yeah, there's a lot of energy in that. Thank you, thank you. You know, I'm just trying to liven it up real quick for the one time. Yes, sir. No libations today, but uh, we're, I'm doing caffeine. What about you? Uh, I'm sipping on this H2O. You know, I got my trusty coffee right next to me at all times. Got a little okay. something left in it, you know. Something to get me through the day. All right. So we back again. Last episode, we talked about uh, just discipline in general. Uh, and this time, what are we talking about? We are talking about America and the upcoming election. It's really focusing on the upcoming election for these next couple of episodes, actually. So we're going to have like a little mini series going on in here. Okay. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, cool, cool. And I'm excited to learn... And then I think for the first time we're gonna have some guests on. So, mm-hmm. so this is That's huge. The plan. This, yeah, is, this huge. is huge. Uh, disclaimer: I'm gonna tell you guys right now. I am not well versed in the political field. It is just something I I have been putting off and avoiding for a while because politics they seem like a joke to me. Um, from especially right now, but. And it just seems like so much that I had to learn, and I just been putting it off, basically. So yeah, we're we're I mean, learning, we're learning, we're learning, and uh, I can say the exact same for me. So as we as we talk, we're also learning, and as people come on, we'll be learning from them too. Mm-hmm. But uh, we did our research, so so of sit course. back and enjoy. Facts and learn learn with us. Exactly. So uh, we're starting off by talking about uh, why black people are traditionally Democrats. Mm-hmm. And then we go on to our political stances, socially and economically. And from there, we're talking about our backing, like our political backing, faults in the system, and uh, a few more surprises. So so stay tuned to the end to find out. Sprinkled here and there. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. All right, so so why are black people traditionally Democrats? Where where did that come from? Okay, okay. So actually, stemming from back when Abraham Lincoln was president, he was Republican. He freed us, and ever since then, black people really have been leaning towards the Republican Party because of them well, him freeing us, and then from the 15th Amendment, which was approved by a Republican, which gave us the right to vote, Black people just have felt that, you know, if they're looking out for us, let's just stick with the Republicans, and we can just rock that way. That's ever since the 1870s when the 15th Amendment was um, approved, right? Yeah. Right. And Or ratified, I should say. And so, you know, black men were typically Republican up until the the South gained gained some power and African-Americans saw that their voting rights were being shipped away again. And we were like, okay, let's let's just keep it. Let's keep it Republican because, you know, our voting rights are being shipped away up until the 
civil rights moment where the black people were being um, supported by a democratic president. And that's when we really shifted from Republican, except for that slither of time where um, FDR was president and he, you know, had the new deal, which gave, you know, black people some rights and within the workplace. And so we were, we were messing with him for that. We reelected him for that one. We jumped on the democratic train for that little span was it 1936. And, but then we came back, we went right back to Republican after that. And then right. after the civil rights movement, boom, here we are again, back in the democratic Democrats. party. Yes, sir. So it seems like black people have always gone for the party that supported their community basically and so mm -hmm. originally it was republicans and then uh let's say come civil rights we became civil rights civil rights movements we became democrats yeah it and was then, the it was the start it was the spark of black people being associated with the, the, the democratic party for sure right okay okay that's dope and so why why is there so much social pressure in the black community to be a democrat what is what is this about and, and how does it affect us as a voting block? Okay, well, I was reading this this article from Princeton. Uh, you know about it, but I was reading the article from Princeton and they were basically saying that the reason that black people are democratic now is because if we are split between two parties, our voice won't be heard as effectively. Whereas if we all congregate under one party primarily, if the majority of us are under like let's say the democratic party since that is actually where we're pretty much at our voices can be heard and our terms and conditions that we want to be um, noticed and and implemented within the economy and the system and the united states in general can be heard with this dem through the democratic party and if they aren't going to listen to us we'll with withhold our vote and then the republican party wins Right. You know what I'm saying? So if we, since we have the right to vote, we get to hold our our power to vote against, not against, but with a party. I guess I should say that's a better way to say it with a party. And so then we, can we kind of use our numbers as a as a tool, as a, as a tool, tool, as a tool, because mm -hmm. okay. it's power in numbers, baby. Right. I like that. Okay. And. And you were telling me about uh, racialized social constraints. So um, let's see if the Democrats fail to be responsive. Okay, mm -hmm. that's exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna just. Be and, quiet. I mean, no, it's, it's no, it's all good. The racialized social constraint is is, is it, it maintains black black party loyalty and black political power. So if we just stay within that one party, we can all, we can come up together, basically. It's that, they put it in a very Princeton-ish, prestigious way, and, you know, they try to really articulate it and make it all bougie for everybody, but Okay, so that's what the racialized social constraints are. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. Strength in numbers, basically. Strength in numbers, strength okay. in numbers. Uh, with people that look like you. Right, okay, yeah. I got you, yeah. identity politics. Exactly, and that's why that's why when this shift from Republican to Democratic and like the reason that we you know we're Democratic today is because of the social climate. Like we are trying to like, especially now, the social climate of America is trying to get equal rights and equal opportunity for everybody. And 
the Democratic Party is willing to at least say that they are here to do all of that. Anything that you want, <laughs> the Democratic Party got for you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Whereas the Republican Party, you know, they have like a small, a small tent, a very narrow tent. They they got four things that they want. And that's God, God, money, guns, and abortion. That's yeah. and if you if you, if you don't want none if you don't want none of those four things, you know what I'm saying? Like if you go not, to the Democrats. Go to the Democratic Party because they got whatever else you want from them. And right. uh and that's why that's why Joe Biden, you know, go ahead, tell tell what Joe Biden said and with that Charlemagne interview. That is so funny to me. Oh man. So Joe Biden gets on the interview and he says if you ain't voting for me, you ain't black. You ain't black. And that really, <laughs> the fact that a white man is comfortable saying that, that really shows how uh, how deeply ingrained that that racialized social constraint where, where black people are, are basically, you're not black if you don't vote for uh, the Democratic candidate. It really speaks mm -hmm. to how true that is. It is. Yeah. And, and, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, Evolve. E evolve i guess evolve yeah. is the best way to do it and it i can i i, I hinted at like the the small tent and big tent but i'll get back to that later that's that's a good point but i think that we can we can talk about that later yeah let's um, keep going with um so so black people were originally republicans mm -hmm. and now we're we're generally democratic so part, yeah. why are why are republicans kind of they have this brand of being racist and uh when I think of a Republican, I think of like a, a straight white male who who kind of doesn't like black people. <laughs> George, and, uh, cut yeah, off sleeves. Yeah, yeah. Harley uh, Davidson. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> but so so, how did they get that that rap? So basically, from the research that I did, this is like very recent because you know I I wanted to come come with a little come with a little heat. From the research that I did, what I saw was that the spark of this correlation between racism and the Republicans is from the Truman era, when Truman, he was Democratic, he was pro-integration. And within the schools and <laughs> the one that you don't want to touch about, mess with the guns, the military. The military was also, he was pro-integration for them. And so these middle-class white men did not like that at all. So they pretty much flooded the Republican Party saying, bump that, we don't want no integration, keep them blacks over there. I'm pretty sure they didn't say blacks, but that's what I'm gonna say. And <laughs> <laughs> keep them blacks over there, basically. And so I think it was here that the correlation between Republicans and racists were born. And okay that just gets strengthened and like locked up and padded up when you think of today's problems whereas it's the the tolerancy and the support for the lgbtq community and the and the illegal and or legal immigrants because both of them immigration in general is just frowned upon from the republican party in general from what i read and this is this is just from i think it's called like Britannic, Britannica, I think is the yeah website I'm that I was on. Britannica. Okay, Britannica is where I got most of this this from. You guys can go read it for yourself. I went through the whole history and then the policies and structure of the Republican and Democratic Party, like in general. So I just picked out you know what stood out to me, and so 
and, thus, okay. and so forth. But they, so the Republican Party, like, you know, they're strict against, they're strict and typically hateful against condemning immigrants and they don't support the LGBT community, community and they're really not supportive of the affirmative action plan, which is, I would say the affirmative action plan is like the new age, new deal, where the new deal is trying to give uh, more rights to workers for like black people back in the day the affirmative action plan is doing the same thing is trying to give rights for you know the the minority groups basically and you know then the republicans typically ain't ain't messing with none of those and so that really just adds on to the to the to the beginning where they were like oh no no um integration well also no lgbtq no immigrants, no um, no affirmative action. Everybody fend for themselves, basically. And but you're already at the bottom of the totem pole. So, right. but you gotta you gotta climb up on your own. You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah, probably where by the by the bootstraps, kind of. Yes, sir. Okay. And so that's what I think. But you were talking about uh, what does that mean when you are like the status quo? Like the status quo. Like why is everybody? trying to chase the status quo. What does that mean? What do you mean by that when you're talking to me earlier? So uh, so I was looking at where the, the roots of, of being on the left or being on the right came from. And what I found was that in the, during the French Revolution, the, the people who were revolutionaries and, and wanted change in that society, they were described as leftists. So so that, that general idea of just people on the left wanting to transition the status quo into something else, they were described as, yeah, they, they literally sat on the left. And now the people on the right, they were seen as traditionalists. So they wanted to maintain the status quo. And the, the problem with that that has kind of persisted throughout time is that it's very polarizing. People say, okay, if I'm on the left, then the people on the, on the right are evil or vice versa. And, and there's no middle ground. There's no room for a middle ground. So I think that's where the the whole Republicans are racist and the idea of just mm -hmm. there being some standard image of a Republican because I know black Republicans, I know mm -hmm. Hispanic Republicans. So there's a whole spectrum of Republicans out there, but the prevailing image is just something that has been, I guess, made up by, by their competition, so to speak. And, and the great, great yeah. point. If you're Great described point. by your enemies, they're never gonna paint you in a good picture. You know what I mean? And and that's where that's where I don't that's where I was talking about earlier about negative partisanship is with you earlier, and I don't think I said it earlier on the podcast yet, but when I was talking to you earlier about negative partisanship, you just gave me a great segue. Basically, when you see a politician and you're watching, you know, their speeches and, and their conventions. They're always putting down the opposition rather than stating their policies and what they're trying to do and how you can be heard and what they want to do to implement some change and this, that and the other make America great again. Sorry for that. They will tell you what the opposition is doing wrong, how the opposition is putting you down, holding you down and oppressing you. And that's what they try to do in order to get to sell you on their side yeah to get support okay yeah and that comes with that. the status quo that's where the polarization happens people think that republicans are generally racist because that's how they're perceived all day by their opposition 
And that's why people are like, oh, I never want to be Republican because they're all racist. No, they're not, bro. That's just not true. Right. And and mm. it's just a stigma that comes around. Yeah, I think the problem with uh, with that, that, what did you call it? Negative? Negative partisanship. Negative partisanship. The problem with that, too, is that it, it kind of assumes that the individual can't think for themselves. So mm-hmm. they just, they tell us what we should think. They paint the pictures for us instead of letting us, just giving us the information, like their platforms or yeah. how they're going to fund their, their uh, platform ideas and, and letting us decide on our own whether it's good or bad. So uh, I don't know. It really makes it hard to decide where you are politically. And, and that makes me bring up the question uh, or, or just we should just tell the audience where we are politically. OK. Yeah, I like that. So politically, up until I started digging in and, you know, actually looking up what the Democratic Party stood for and their policies and structures and the Republican Party and I made it a note to actually study Republican Republican Party first because I wanted that to be the, the first thing that was in my head. And and then everything that the I'm, I'm comparing the Democratic Party to the Republican Party rather than the Republican Party to the Democratic Party. So that's just that's important. And so I am still kind of confused and they're kind of disgusted with the political system or our government in general because it seems like a popularity contest <laughs> rather than than anything who has the better memes who can create the better meme that's who everybody's going to vote for donald trump joe biden both of them are meme factories as and far I as guess, the meme game goes i think trump trump has it in the bag <laughs> oh he's bodying joe biden but he's yeah. already had four years of you know Four years of practice so joe biden really come trying to come out the gate and beat him like a drum <laughs> <laughs> but, i'm sorry man go ahead no no you're good and i think that that's just where that's where it is right now especially with social media being such an outlet for both parties like everybody is trying to get the most retweets the more i guess they think that retweets equates to votes and honestly most of the people that are retweeting are not going to vote but whatever but i would say that for me from what i've from what i've seen i'm trying to give a resurgence to thomas jefferson's um democratic republican because that right there would be beautiful for myself uh i like the Republican national defense policies and economic and economy stimulation. I like economic stimulation and like how they give opportunities for the individual to gain economic freedom. Because if you're free, if you're free in America, the fine print says you have to be financially. And that is once you're free, once you're financially free, shoo, bro, you can do whatever. It don't matter if you're black, white, Asian, gay straight doesn't matter right when your community has money you guys have more say mm-hmm. exactly more say so i should say more say so because money is power and so i like those i like those two main aspects for the republican party and then when it comes to the democratic party i like the uh, the policies for affirmative action the separation of church and state because i don't think that kids should have to you know, say a prayer in 
public schools because then that like you know if there's a separation of church and state so that means so basically like between religion and government people feel more free to go about their go about their day within the religious uh you know not i'm trying to, i can't think of the word they can go about their religious practices that's what i was looking for freely and not be judged when there's when they're not associated with just terror like terrorism and 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 all things like that so separation church and state is important and then gun control is also important but i don't don't get me wrong i'm not trying to like get rid of guns okay. stop that because you know guns are fun and then like i just think that there should be really there should be some serious criteria between having a gun and, and keeping it like you should be able to you should have to take a gun test like a shooting test and there should be a mental health aspect and then there should be an annual check-in because it shouldn't take much it shouldn't take much for one day you go to the range and you take another test and you just uh it should be like a subscription almost like an annual subscription to your gun okay, right like your, like your license how you get your like registration your license. renewed every every year yep exactly okay, okay. And so, and then there's just be like a mental a mental health aspect, but then, you know, with that, we got to like really take mental health a little bit more seriously and get some more criteria and stuff like that. So that's another, that's another thing. But, yeah, and then okay. I think the last thing would be the strengthening of workers' rights. You know what I'm saying? That's another thing with democratic. So I, I really favor a lot of the democratic policies, but I also like some of the Republican, Republican policies, and that's why I say Democratic Republican and not Republic Republican Democrat. Okay, so. that's a whole new concept to me. That's why I was sitting here so quiet. I had to, <laughs> I had to learn what that was about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I like and that too because it's kind it's of just the best the, of both worlds. Best of both worlds, but then you you know, utopia is nothing but a theme for movies and novels. So that's really something that is just yeah. Like, is it actually going to happen? You can you can wish. That's wishful yeah. thinking. I see what you're saying. What and about you, though? That's actually kind of where my ideals are. So mm. politically, I've never been interested. I never wanted to participate. But uh, I'm getting to a point in my life where I'm starting to, to you know, kind of take care of myself. I'm getting kicked off the insurance pretty soon. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so so politics is, is affecting more of my life. And, and now it's becoming something that's kind of urgent. So on the political spectrum, I, I kind of have always aligned with closest with libertarians. I actually, when I registered to vote, I registered as like an independent because I didn't want to be a Democrat because that's what it's expected. And mm -hmm. I didn't want to be a Republican because we talked about frowned upon. Yeah, it's frowned upon. So I was like, let me be something else until I figure it out. So um, the, the foundation of libertarianism is basically the non-aggression principle. And what that principle states is that no one can use force or coercion to, to get you to do anything, or no one should use force or coercion unless it's to defend yourself or to, to defend your property. And so socially, that looks like you being able to date anyone you want, to take any drugs you want, to pretty much do anything. You, you have an autonomy over your body. Now, economically, it, it looks like free market capitalism. So if, let's say, if the product sells, then it sells. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But there would be little government involvement in any of these things, socially or economically. 
And that poses a lot of risk because uh, if you're defending yourself and your property and someone else wants to come and take it, the government doesn't have much to, to much intervention with that. So you better know how to shoot a gun and defend yourself. You better go get that renewal of your license, bro. Exactly. And, <laughs> and then economically, uh, the product may not be like, like the FDA regulates a lot of our drugs. So mm -hmm. all of our drugs actually. So if, if, if there's no government intervention, the product might sell, but it could also kill you in the long run. Yeah. So libertarianism, I, I like where they're going. I like their ideals, but it assumes that the individual can, can peacefully coexist with others. They can be autonomously productive and they'll know how to behave in that kind of society. So like you said, it's kind of a utopia. It's like wishful thinking, mm -hmm. but you kind of just have to to pick what you like in the candidates who are who are available. And as you see, we kind of have a two party system. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's about it. And, that, and that's kind of that's kind of interesting because America in general, we're like we are, like you said, the status quo, we, we run on competition. So the idea that people will just, you know, go about going about without worrying about the next person is interesting. I mean, wait, we, wait, we do it. that down for me. You said going about. Going about, going about. Yeah, like, yeah. so you're saying that we can live uh, autonomously and be and be productive right and like just peacefully coexist but i would say that america is pretty it's pretty competitive not only within not only with like other nations like we're just trying to be the best but like within within our nation we're always trying to be better than the next person and we're always trying to climb a ladder to the top because you know everybody wants to be successful and i mean that's that's this is just like right now i feel like being if you had to be to be libertarian you would have to like change the way of thinking for a lot of people you know what i mean yeah yeah it takes a it takes a, a effort on everybody's part yeah just to and i just i wonder how that would work with with so many people that are because me myself i'm competitive i like i like doing things knowing that there's somebody also trying to get to where i'm trying to get you know yeah so, but that's, I like that. I like liberty. Um, I might have to look into that a little bit yeah. more. It's an interesting philosophy. Uh, we, we have a friend actually, Sarah, she's, she's a libertarian. So, and she mm -hmm. might be on the show soon talking about that. So nice. that's something to, to look Manifest. Into. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so up next we have, uh, our backing, our backing. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it, it's like, wh why do we have, why are, why would you say that you coincide with libertarianism? Why, why, why would I be the democratic Republican? Why not just go with what you think, not even go with what you know, but go with what you're told, you know? Yeah. Like uh, what makes you think that you can be a libertarian? I guess for me, like I said, uh, when I, when I registered to vote originally, I didn't want to be just herded into something. I wanted to to kind of know what my personal truth was. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to play the game until I, I knew the instructions. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. So that's that's my political backing. Because by birth, I guess I would be, you know, 50% Democrat, 50% Republican. 
Mm-hmm. But but I just never wanted to subscribe to that just because that's what I was born into. Mm-hmm. So so I don't have much of a political foundation, but I'm figuring it out. That's, yeah, we that's why we're doing this episode. We're learning. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I would say that I have no backing at all, like you, to be honest. And really, well, when the, I was only allowed to vote the last time... How old was I the first time? Yeah, I'm 22. Yeah, I guess the last election was my last was my first time being able to vote. So that was Hillary and Trump, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I didn't know a hill of beans. <laughs> I didn't know a hill of beans <laughs> in in that election. So yeah. that was I didn't even really want to. I ain't talk about it. I ain't I ain't do much. But like, if you voted for Trump, I was like, oh, you crazy. And I was like, you know. And then you vote for Hillary. I said the same thing. Oh, pantsuit. But. I decided to like you know I didn't really talk much about like the politics in general because I had no idea what anything was and so but I didn't want to be sheep minded and and just go with the flock on whatever whoever had the most retweets or you know whatever my my parents told me I and I still don't do that with anything not just politics I try not to um, go with the flow yeah just because yes if 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 the stream is going is going if it's downstream i'm the rock that's splitting the streams up like i'm not moving unless i'm like oh okay i need to go this way you know what i'm saying so um and that's where but i'm i'm actively learning i'm actively learning um on where i want to where i want to come from and i'm always always trying to educate myself and those around me so uh, that's where i'm at with you uh we know we just be growing and teaching each other what we know Right. Now, of course, we have our, you know, our, our high school foundation on U.S. government. But <laughs> yeah. um, what are some of the faults in the system that you, you kind of see? What do you dislike about modern politics right now? Uh-huh. The Are you ready for that one? Huh? Yeah, I like this one. <laughs> I like this one. So John Adams says a division of the Republic into two great parties is to be dreaded as the great political evil. Like, come Ooh. on, man. That's a founding Ooh. father. And he, he out here predicting 2020 like that? Yeah, come he on, told us. bro. <laughs> come <laughs> on. And I think that, that that is, that's the biggest thing. It's like, there's two parties. So it's polarized. It's either you like or you don't like. And then you go to the other one. But if there is a third party, that's a third. It just... It really just splits everything up because I'm sure that there are people that want to um, have best of both worlds. That could be a whole nother party, and and not even not even best of both worlds, but something completely different, something you're just not expecting. Right. And I think that that would make it very even, rather than just going fifty-fifty. That doesn't help anything. And uh, the 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 two party system is is atrocious. It really polarizes the world against. It's either you, it's either you or me, them or them or us. Yeah, and this that's, or that. This or that, and that's not good. Now I have and, seen in, in previous elections, people, you know, there was a third party candidate, whether they were independent. I think we had mm-hmm. a a pretty popular libertarian candidate in one of the recent elections, but mm-hmm. they never they never get that support because I don't think people are open to to other parties so i really think it it may come down to education if we want to to get rid of the two-party system 
because without the education is going to be the free is going to be the popularity contest again the status quo like it's like who has more of a supporting like who has more of a following okay now let's look at those two parties bump that third one you voted for that guy are you serious right like and that's where i think that that's where a lot of the fault comes in is there's only there's only two major parties and the third one that comes in every so often is is taken taken as a joke like why why would we vote for you right who are you basically yeah who yeah who are you and then yeah you know that's that's major and then i think another fault other than this freaking president that we have is the the negative partisanship that i was talking about earlier and we talked about that so i don't think that we had to go too too deep into that one but that is for real like a problem just not giving the information and just shitting on the opposition is yeah. that's dumb it doesn't <laughs> that's that's stupid yo i and, really did not expect you to say shitting on the opposition <laughs> <laughs> i had to that was the only that's, way to to show my disgust right it's okay man keep going i just oh, you caught me off guard <laughs> <laughs> and then i think okay and then the last one is the is our voting system right right so bear with me on this because not a lot of people know this People think that we have a majority rules voting system. And I learned this from the Patriot Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. I said his name was correct. Yeah. 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 And he was saying that if you don't like to read a book, go watch this Patriot Act. It's on Netflix. I know all y'all either have Netflix or somebody else's Netflix. So just go watch this this one episode. It's like what's wrong with our voting or something like that. But in summary, we have a polarity voting system, not a um not a majority rule we don't we have polarity rules not majority rules meaning in majority rules if a candidate let's say the primary elections you have three candidates right mm. in majority rules one candidate would have to get 50 plus percent of the votes okay, okay because that's the majority that's the majority of the whole pie okay i'm following you all right but we have a system that is polarity meaning that one candidate simply has to get more than the other two candidates oh. so if we have one candidate that gets 40% of the votes and the other 60% is split between the other two candidates let's say it's 30 30 right the one with the 40% wins, wins. because okay. he beat the other two That's okay, not ma- yeah, that's not majority rules, that's polarity rules. And then it's still winner takes all and then he goes from the primaries to the actual election, okay? Right. But for example, Trump in 2016, he didn't get majority rules in the primary election. He actually he he got polarity rules. Actually, he was I think about 40 I think it was 46%. 46% of the Republicans of all Republicans voted for Trump. That means that 54% did not vote for Trump. Most Republicans did not vote for Trump in the primary elections. But they all split their their votes between the other candidates, which is why Trump won. If most of the people in your party did not vote for you, That's how how are you winning? You know what I'm saying? Like why are you the president? Yeah. <laughs> like And then I think that that come that's a problem with the primaries. And I think that that's where we can start because you know, first comes first, primary is primary. And right. I think that that's probably that's both 
those are my biggest things with the faults, but okay. that, I can go on for a long time. But what do you think the well, faults are? I told you that I'm I'm kind of just now getting onto the political scene. I mm-hmm. tried. I was able to vote. Uh, Trump versus Hillary was my first uh, election I was able to vote in. And so mm-hmm. I tried to kind of inform myself. And when I when I jumped in, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is yeah. it's basically just scandalous theater. It's like um, like you were saying, negative partisanship, um, you know, who it's a popularity contest. I didn't see anything good about it. They weren't telling me how to be an informed voter or, or giving me resources to be an informed voter. They were just telling me why the other candidate is, is bad. And so <clears throat> on top of that, like my my whole political motivation just declined as I watched mm-hmm. everything about the voting system happen. So I didn't vote that time. And and I kind of just came to the conclusion that I've never really wanted to vote for the the major candidates. The only real change I see myself affecting using voting is voting in the the local policies, the local candidates, uh, the the ballot initiatives, like um, things on like like marijuana being legalized recreationally, or uh, you know gun initiatives. But as far as voting for the the two clowns that they give us every four years, <laughs> I <laughs> I never I never really have been interested in that. But it's, it's getting better. It's getting mm-hmm. better. My apathy is starting to go away. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and it's, that's cool that you said apathy because that's that's what that's called is, is voters' apathy. Is and it really? It, it, I'm so serious. My dad was talking about it to me uh, recently, today, I think, maybe. And, you know, everything in the past is in the past for me. But uh, he he was saying that, like, voter apathy, like, people just, they see that these two clowns are here. Why would I even vote? Like, does it matter? Right, and that's what that's what that is. It's, it's called voters' apathy. It's actually coined term, and I think that what you're saying is, if you want things to be like locally, you know, managed and governed correctly within, you know, your your benefit, that kind of um, you might want a Republican, um, Republican candidate in presidency because they they don't believe in. Uh, governing the states per se whereas the, the democratic party from what i saw from this is again from britannica yeah they were saying that like democrats would rather have more um more federal government in state policies okay, rather than more, more like, influence yeah more influence and more control yeah in, in state policy where republican um the republican party typically does not want to involve themselves federally within the individual uh, state yeah with the individual states and that's why you know not everything is not marijuana isn't legal everywhere right you know what i'm saying because republican people you know and if bernie was president it probably would be legal everywhere <laughs> so that's, that's a that's whole where, different uh we didn't yeah. even talk about socialism though. yeah <laughs> yeah but but yeah, okay that's, that's a whole another thing we we've kind of We've learned a lot, you know, preparing for this episode. So what's really the role in education, like for people who are listening? How can they start to to figure this out and lose that voter's apathy like your, your dad was talking about? Okay. Um, well, I'm going to throw it back to, to, my, to my home. Newton's first law 
um, states that an object at rest stays at rest unless an opposing force acts on it. And you are not going to vote and you're not going to try to educate yourself by saying that you don't want to vote and you're not going to educate yourself. You have to actively want to learn and and gain more knowledge in the field and actually take yourself from being at rest into motion and and learning. That's where riff comes in. My stepmom always says this. Um, riff means reading is fundamental. Um, and and yeah, and, and before this this episode, I didn't I didn't know much, and so I was like, well, the only thing I can really do is read up on it, and right. so that's what I did. I just started. I just Googled the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, um, policies, structure, history, you know, everything. I just I'm just trying to look up things, and then even if you don't like to read, watch a video. There's so watch a crash course. You might fall asleep, but you'll know at least one thing. Right. <laughs> you know, there's tons of resources. Tons so of many resources. resources. Like I said, go on Netflix. Um, there's the Patriot Act. He'll tell you a whole bunch of stuff, um, too, and and that's I think that's the that's the best way to educate yourself. Is just you have to actively want to know more. So you have to go and read more and 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 educate yourself, and or else you just you'll just stay at rest. And if that's yeah. what you wanted, if that's what you want to do, then. Do you? Yeah. Do you? But I really like that because you kind of have to. You you have to defend your position. So mm-hmm. if you say you're not gonna vote, why aren't you gonna vote? You why aren't I mean? you gonna vote? Yeah. So. <laughs> why aren't you gonna vote? <laughs> and, and then just because isn't an answer. It, it isn't. It isn't. It isn't an answer. And and like was, I was. It was on PBS. It was a PBS uh, little little forum, and they said that if people don't participate. At what point does a democracy cease to be democratic? Ooh. And I was like, wow, I like that. <laughs> I like that. If people aren't voting, when does the democracy cease to be democratic? How are you how do you want to be free and you're not even gonna vote to be free? I don't know. Doesn't make I, sense to me. I can kind of push back on that and say that that sometimes it seems like voting is a a very artificial means of, of democracy. Like, mm-hmm. like you can participate, but it's not going to really get what you need done. Mm-hmm. And so I can see in mass, I can see a lot of people deciding not to vote to make a statement that, hey, something needs to change and we're not going to play by your rules to make it change. <laughs> you know what I mean? For the electoral college, well, in, in with that regard, I'm not sure for the electoral colleges, can can you elect who's in there? Let me look that up, bro. Let me look yeah. that up real quick. Okay, I was gonna say that's a question that's, that's not for Bryce. <laughs> but go, <laughs> go ahead. What do you, what do you how do you think that you can self educate while I look this up? So um, really, you just have to start by giving a fuck. Like you have to. And I mean, excuse my language, but as a person who literally did not care at all about politics. These last two elections, I made a conscious decision to read platform policies, start looking at international news sources so I can see how the world thinks about our, our candidates, not just America. Um, learn about the tax code, start talking to people who know more than you so you can can expound on these topics and, and be introduced to adjacent topics. 
And all that does is just make you a more informed citizen. And when you're an informed citizen, you can't be taken advantage of so easily. And this is super, super important for people who are ages 18 to 25, because on the higher end, we're replacing the people who are older than us. And then we're actively replacing those people. And then we're passively influencing people who are younger than us. So if you find yourself emotionally charged about the things that are going on in the news or or just in, in, gov in government at any stage, you have to ask yourself, like, what are you doing individually and in your immediate circles to, to do anything about it? And if you're saying, oh, I don't care about politics, then you don't deserve any say-so in anything that's going on. And a great quote that I, I use all the time is by Nassim Tlaib. And he says that those, those who do should talk and those who talk should do. Or, or better, better said, those who do should talk and only those who talk should do. And I think that really sums it up because if you're just talking and not doing, you need to shut up and start reading. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I like that. But uh, did you find out about that electoral college? Uh, I did. I did. So here we it says that state legislatures are responsible for nominating electors. The process can actually differ from state to state. In general, though, the two most common ways are the elector is nominated by his or her state party committee, um, perhaps to reward many years of service to the party. Okay. Interesting. Or the elector campaigns for a spot and the decision is made during a vote held at the state's party convention. So really what you what we have to do is vote for those people that hold power within the state legislator le legislature okay and that so you still got to go out and vote and once you have people that make up make up that party like whoever supports your ideas the most elect them to hold some pow power within your state government and right. then they will probably lean towards your wants and needs when it comes to giving their vote for the electoral college. Okay. And that's all you can do. So really you can't be half involved in voting. You have to really, mm -hmm. you have to you be have all to be in, all in at every stage. That's, that's what I'm seeing. The more I learn about it. Mm -hmm. No, that's not too bad though. That's something, something nice to know. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, I think this was a great episode. People, we're, I think what we're doing is kind of what I like to see in my, my libertarian thoughts. We're giving power back to the individual mm -hmm. and saying, hey, you need to be more autonomous and, and start start being an informed citizen. Mm -hmm. And I, I agree. I agree. But only thing is, some people just aren't going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, that they're just not going to be autonomous. You, you got to push them. Right. You got to push them. Because they're, they're just at, a lot of us are at rest right now. I see. But I agree. I agree. Okay. All right, so, so did we do it? Did we do it for the first episode? I think we did it. I'm excited to, to see who we get on this next uh, episode. So Okay. I like this. I like this, too. All right, man. That's it? That's it. Shoot. J&B. Yeah. J&B. Faces of the radio. Faces of the radio.
Peace, man. Peace.